A Christmas Fright. This was my first, and only, experience with a Ouija board. It was the week after Christmas, 1969, and I had just returned to Boys Village, a juvenile institution in Ohio. After Christmas vacation at home, I had turned 14 two days before Christmas, and enjoyed spending time with my mother and brothers. At the time, Boys Village had 60 boys in residence, divided up between five cottages. I lived in Eagles, the newest and largest, with 11 other guys, and an older married couple who served as surrogate parents. Only two other boys had returned at that point. Everyone else was due back the next day. We built a fire in the fireplace, made sandwiches from leftovers in the fridge, and hung out in the dining room, talking about our holidays. We'd each brought back presents from home, radios, toys and such, and one of the guys brought out a Ouija board he'd gotten. I'd heard of them, although I'd never seen one before, nor had the other two, so we decided to try it out. The three of us set it up and sat there at the dining room table, our fingers touching the planchette lightly, as the instructions said. We asked the board, and whoever was connected with it, ordinary questions. Will I pass the English exam? That sort of thing. I got simple answers. The planchette moved, but other than to affirm to myself that I wasn't moving it, I really didn't give it much thought. It was just interesting. One of the guys accused the other, the one who owned the board, of moving the planchette, which he summarily denied. They went back and forth for a bit, and finally the accuser said, Fuck this, I'll prove you're moving it. Then, he said in a loud voice, his hand still on the planchette, Hey, you, I don't believe you're real. If you are, show us. I mentioned we'd lit a fire in the fireplace. As we'd gotten involved with eating and the board, we'd let it burn down to almost nothing. No sooner did the fellow challenge the board, than a sheet of blue flame leapt up from the ashes and up the flue with a loud whooshing hiss. We put the board back in its box, and put the box on top of the shelf in the hall closet. For all I know, it's still there. First, and perhaps only seance. My name is Sean, and I'm 19. At the time of the following event, I was 18, and I lived in West Hills, California. I've always felt that there was much more to the world than we saw. For many years, my mother's house has had spirits within it. While their activities ranged from harmless footsteps to the knocking over of a stereo system, we have come to live peacefully with whoever remains in the house. One of my closest friends, Elijah, called me one day and told me he was interested in conducting a seance. Knowing that I've had experience with spirits, he asked me to join. I was uncertain, but ultimately agreed. Initially he wanted to use a board, at which point I told him I wanted nothing to do with it. I had heard too many terrible stories of the board contacting the wrong kinds of spirits, so the idea of using one myself turned me off to the idea in an instant. Thankfully, the board went missing, so we conducted a seance. None of us had conducted one before, but we were given guidelines by a medium who was a family friend of Eli's. At least this way, we wouldn't do anything dangerous. 
Mirrors were covered, windows were opened, and candles were lit. As the only one fully comfortable with the idea, I was the medium. The circle consisted of myself, Elijah, his girlfriend Jocelyn, my stepbrother Greg, and our close friend Matt. Outside of our circle observing the events were friends Graham and Dak. I requested that we not open the circle to anyone. I wanted at least some form of a plan for choosing our spirit. Elijah wanted to contact his grandfather. There was little effect here. Our second attempt is the focus of this little story. For a while, Elijah had experienced paranormal events in his home, most obvious of which being footsteps on the roof that followed his movements. It was with this description that we were able to bring the man into our circle. We asked the spirit to communicate to us with knocks on the wall, giving one knock for yes and two for no. I asked if he understood the concept and if he would speak to us. One knock agreed. These knocks, to verify, were much clearer than I thought. The amount of time between the question and the knock was so insignificant that it was apparent that it was a direct response. Graham and Dak can attest to the fact that they also heard the knocks from outside the circle. We next asked if he was related in any way to Elijah. Two knocks. The obvious question followed. I asked if he used to live in the house. One. Okay, we were getting somewhere. However, I began to hear something strange. I looked at Eli, who was now breathing heavily. I asked him if he was okay, and he could only tell me two things. One, that the air behind him was quite cold, and two, that there was a weight on his back. I asked him if he wanted to continue. I'm sure you know his answer. My question is now focused on the spirit's reason for being in the house. I can't remember the exact wording of my questions, but the information I soon had told me that the spirit was male, used to live in the house, and was ill. The cause of death was clear to me now. Eli remembered something that he had heard from his mother at some point in their time in the house. The former owner was a woman named Barbara. She lived there with her son and husband. The son, Eli remembered, was very ill with pneumonia. After his death, Barbara and her husband moved away, presumably to escape the pain. I asked then the question that would give me the first shocking answer, do you intend on leaving? Knock, knock. Oh joy. Eli began muttering, oh god, to himself. Jocelyn, who was holding one of his hands in the circle, asked him if he was okay. He said that the cold was becoming more biting, and that the weight was becoming heavier. It was then that he almost lost consciousness. Were it not for Jocelyn and Greg holding hands with him, he claims that he would have fallen backwards into a bookcase, breaking the circle. Again, I highly advise that we end the seance, but he asked me to continue and attempt to put the spirit to rest. I didn't know if I could, or if I should, but I wasn't going to end everything now. Eli suggested that I tell the spirit about Barbara moving to Palm Springs, an attempt to get the spirit to perhaps leave. I gave it a shot. The answer I got to the following question shook me terribly. It stands now as the strongest paranormal experience I have ever had. I asked the question that would send chills up our spines. 
Would you like to hear about your mother Barbara? Knock. As if someone had taken their knuckles and loudly rapped them on the window, we all opened our eyes in a shock, looking to the window. No one was there. Graham and Dak, our observers, were still on the bed, looking on with wide eyes. Then I felt it. The cold. The pressure. It came to me. Jocelyn, who was seated between Eli and I, mentioned that she felt it for only a moment. The spirit had left Eli and passed by Jocelyn to get to me. I was afraid. I was truly afraid. But still, I persisted. I told the spirit about Barbara's whereabouts. I asked if he wanted to find her. Knock, knock. He was content. The spirit was content with merely knowing where his mother and father had gone to. We were all at this point too tired to continue, and for the moment, all seemed okay with the spirit. We closed the seance, and all took a deep breath, regaining our senses. Since then, I have not conducted another seance, mostly out of fear of doing something wrong. I haven't read anything professional, and I find it unwise to meddle in things I do not understand. Eli attests to the fact that he still hears the footsteps, but they no longer follow him. I've pondered that detail, but it's something I choose not to look into anymore. The Ouija sent my mum to the hospital. I live in Marion County, Fairmont, West Virginia. This is also the city where my experience took place. I'm now 49 years old. I was 12 when this happened. In 1978, my mother bought me a Ouija board, thinking it was a game we could play together. One evening, while my dad was at work, we got out the board, lit a candle, and put it in the middle of the table. We placed our fingers lightly on the planchette. Mum asked if there was anyone there that wanted to speak to us. I was giggling. She asked again. The planchette then moved to yes. I told Mum she was moving it, and she said that she wasn't. My mum asked, Who are you? The planchette then went to each letter and spelled Jackson. We didn't know anybody by the name of Jackson, first or last name. Mum then asked, Are you a good spirit? The planchette moved to yes and then to no. Mum asked, How did you die? The planchette didn't move from the middle of the board. I was getting scared at that point, so Mum said, Since you're not going to tell us, we're going to say goodbye now. The planchette slid to no. Mum said, We have to go. The planchette then went to goodbye. We took our fingers off the planchette, and it was sitting in the middle of the board. It then flew from the board, and the round plastic piece where the middle pointer is was cracked. My mum put it all back in the box and put it up into my closet. In this house, I lived on the ground floor and my room was at the end of the house. That night, there was a growling sound coming up through the floor in the corner of my room. I went to get my mum. She came in and it stopped. At this time, my mum smoked and that night, her cigarettes smelled like sulphur. They, she said and she said they tasted like sulphur too 
My dad couldn't smell it or taste it, and I could smell the sulphur strongly. Three nights later, the growling started up again in the same corner of my room. I went and got mum. Dad was home at this point, and mum told him to get the flashlight and go outside and look. While the growling was happening, my dad came in and said that nothing was under the eaves of the house. My mum proceeded to yell at it and tell it to stop. It got louder and sounded more like a guttural growl, like it was going to come through the floor after my mum. It finally stopped after that night. The next morning, my mum felt sick. We took her temperature and it was 102 degrees. Dad took her to the hospital and they admitted her. She was diagnosed as having an infection clear through her whole body. She was in there for a week. The doctor told my dad that if he had waited one more day to bring her in, it could have killed her. The whole time she was in hospital, my room and the house was quiet. Mum and I truly believe that the spirit of Jackson died from having a blood infection and was never treated for it and therefore died. This was my first and last experience with a board. My dad threw it away at the dump yard. I warn others now about the dangers of having and using a Ouija board. It came from the Ouija board. Some people will tell me it's all in my head. Others will say I'm just playing crazy. But I still stand by what I saw, what I felt, and what I experienced on Halloween night in 2008, nearly eight years ago, when I, a fun-loving 14-year-old, and my friend, decided to play a nice friendly game of Ouija. We made our own Ouija board out of an old poster board I had lying around from an old school project. We went online and read instructions on how to do it, so we did. We took a small clear glass, lit a few candles, turned out the lights, and sat in the spare room of my house, with our fingers placed on the glass, asking all sorts of questions. No answer. We listened for any sign. We watched the candles to see if they would flicker, but to no avail. Let's just stop, my friend said with a disappointed sigh. Nothing's happening. So we put it up, only to pull it out later at around 3am, now November the 1st. I convinced her that it had been too early before and that the spirits weren't active. We asked the usual questions. Who are you? What's your name? How did you die? Our hands steady on the glass, asking for what felt like forever. And then suddenly, it happened. The glass bolted across the board and my friend let out a shriek. We kept asking questions, but it wouldn't answer. It just kept moving around in circles around the board, almost as if it was spinning at warp speed. The candles flickered like crazy, and without thinking, I grabbed up the board, crumpled it, and threw it in the corner. We decided to call it night, and went to sleep. About a week later, after I had discarded the board in the garbage can outside, I noticed weird things beginning to happen. I was back in the spare room one night, playing on the computer, when my lamp started flickering. I was a bit puzzled, as I had just put in a new light bulb a few days prior. I figured this one was loose, 
but it wasn't. I ignored it. However, a few hours later, I began to hear snapping-like noises from the corner, one by one, as the light continued to flicker. As the months went on and the new year began, things only got worse. Things of mine would go missing and appear in random places, like the bottom drawer or in a medicine cabinet. I always had my things that I needed on my dresser, so the fact that they'd be in a drawer or cabinet, or anywhere else for that matter, just struck me as strange. I'd hear scratching noises on my walls late at night, and I swear I'd see a tall dark shadow lurking near my door in the middle of the night, sometimes by the window. When I would tell my family this, they would completely disregard it and tell me I was losing it, or that I was just seeing things, but things only got even stranger. One night as I was doing my homework, an ornamental plate fell off the wall and smashed to the floor. A few nights later, my mother came out of the bathroom with a puzzled look on her face and asked me if I was throwing things at her. She said she felt something hitting her back over and over again. I hadn't moved from my desk. My dog suddenly began hiding in the corner every night and would randomly urinate in the middle of the room which was completely unlike her, and when I would try to call for her, she would whimper and shiver. The same incidences kept happening. Things like drawers and cupboards would be open when I would come home from school. Things still went missing, and I still had no explanation. I moved away from the house in fall 2009, and still think about my experience to this day. I'm now almost 22 years old, and I still believe that I let something out from the Ouija board that night so many years ago, and it still gives me the creeps. Hi there guys, I hope you all enjoyed today's video. We're going to have one more coming early next week, and then it's Halloween time. From next Thursday through to the big night itself, Monday the 31st, there will be a video a day on this channel with some special friends helping me to narrate the best Halloween creepypastas. If you've got a story that you would like featured in a future video, be it a personal experience or a creepypasta story, please make sure you email it to me using the details in the description box. You can also find my Twitter and Facebook there. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure you leave a comment, share it, like it, whatever. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, it really, really helps. So. Until next time, sleep tight.